0: It's good to see you.
1: There's a the lady.
0: Recording in progress.
1: You do it just as good as she does. So I'm oh. very proud of you.
0: Thank you. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Backstage Podcast. I'm, of course, Adam Wiley with my co host, Justin Claypool. Hi, Adam. Hi. We have one of my favorite people on the planet today. And I don't say this lightly. I am insanely excited. Uh, the one, the only, the super talented Mr. Rob Zabrecki. Hey, Rob.
2: Hey, Adam. Hi, Justin. Hey,
0: Rob. Now, for those it's of you- It's nice you've... to finally meet you. Uh like, yeah, right. was, I've been talking about you forever. Dude, I was
1: telling Rob in our little virtual green room, right? I was like, yeah. Adam has been talking to me about you for like the past year and a half. So to yeah. finally
0: be able to talk to you, uh, yeah, this is great. I love this. I, I really have. Um, and what's what's wonderful is that if you guys have seen, and a lot of you have, somebody stopped me and Albertsons yesterday and said, hey, you're on Lucifer. You're on that, that first episode. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> and of course, I am not alone. I have another magician and actor with me, and that's Rob Zabrecki. And it was what a wonderful surprise to be able to um, share both passions with you but like that just made me thrilled beyond belief to see that you were the other person for that.
2: Ah, oh, thank you, Adam. Um, you know, I got to say last year has few highlights because most of us right. were sequestered in our, <clears throat> you know, tight living spaces or wherever we were, but um, we <laughs> shared that trailer um, around the corner from the magic castle and we were filming, which was really fun. Yeah. and uh, Yeah. Those were, those were some, uh, those were, that made the week pass those, those 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 moments that can seem like years when you're just sitting in your trailer, staring at the ceiling were filled with laughter and and some fun conversations.
0: Absolutely. As well as backgammon. You taught me the game, um, <laughs> which you are excellent at. I have to say, if, if you guys don't know, Rob Zabrecki is a wonderful backgammon player. And uh, really, really fun to be able to bring his own board and uh, teach me that game. And you have, you know, you got time to kill on set. And most of the time I spend it doing magic because I'm a nerd and Rob Zabrecki uh, (laughs) decides, you know, let's bring a backgammon board and tell me about his fascinating life. Now, this was my introduction to Rob. My introduction to Rob was through the Magic Castle at the Palace of Mystery. I was doing Wicked at the time at the Pantages. I wasn't a member yet, but I wanted to be. And this was the night I became a member was the, my first introduction to Rob Zabrecki. I'm in the Palace of Mystery, and I don't know if you've ever heard this story, Rob. So I'm here, and I, I enter the palace, and I just see this rather tall, slender man snacking on something on a, on a paper plate. Could have been not a paper plate, but in my memory, for some reason, it's cookies and a paper plate. Why? I don't know. But you're sitting there, and it's Rob, And he's staring at everybody wide-eyed as they sit down kind of uncomfortably, but at the same time, you want more of it, right? It's the sensation. And that's pretty much him for the rest of the show. This incredible, uncomfortable hilariousness that is shared by the audience and it kind of makes you squirm, but you can't get enough of it, right? And then he starts dancing during the show, diminishing cards while dancing. One of the most wonderful experiences I've ever had. Um, And since that moment, you've been one of my favorite performers, not only magicians or or actors or whatever, one of my favorite hands down performers on the planet. I would love to know more about your odd man character.
2: Sure. Well, I'll start by telling you your memory's good. Um, I was eating mother's cookies. That was my the cookie of choice that week. Um, so I did enter the, the palace in a kind of unorthodox way uh, as a soft opening, just watching everybody and, you know, letting them kind of observe me and I was going to maybe be part of the show or maybe not, you know, it's one of right. those, maybe you're questioned it. Um, and then, yeah, later went on to, uh, yeah, dance and, and do the diminishing cards as a as a little surprise at the end of the show. Um, so, yeah, you you got that. But so, uh, yeah, thanks. I you know I've been performing that character um, and at the Magic Castle for for 20 years. That's been wow. Last year was the, the 20 year mark. So, wow. Big part, of, big big part of my life uh, has been that club, and I owe a lot to my development artistically, especially as a magician and as an actor there, because I really developed this, you know, um, character that's not a commercial, but not at all designed for commercial success, but um, artistic success. And it's mm-hmm. got me a lot of joy and, and pleasure.
0: Well, it's also so grounded, like that, that whole character is one of one of the most grounded characters I've ever experienced, whether it be theater, film, whatever. Uh, especially live, there is, not, an, there is there's not another magician, I feel, at the Magic Castle that I have seen that has a character as grounded and unwaverable as yours, which is really uh, commendable. That's not easy to do in an improv situation where, you know, when you've been at the castle even for five years, let alone 20, you understand some of the weird things that happen and some of the coincidental things that just, it's live theater. It just makes people, uh, uh, it it stops the show with laughter. And yet I have never seen um, Rob, I've always seen the odd man deal with it.
2: Yeah, well, that's the thing is once you get into the zone, you, you, it would be a disservice to, to, to step out of that for, for any second, you know, and right. uh, I think it resonates with with people um, because it's it's different, you know, magicians have a tendency to m- move at a pretty rapid pace for the most part, you know, there's, we're filling in our, our time with with jokes and we're filling them in with, you know, there's always a lot of visual uh, you know, there's, it's a very visual art form as well. But in my case, it's, it, was, it was a reversal of that. It was a minimalist, it was a study of minimalism and, and stepping back from using those, those spaces where, where comedy could go and just observing and just sort of being, being there. And um, that made it really fun for me because I was, there was no competition with, with mm. any other, uh, artistically, it was my own thing. And I got to sort of navigate it as such. Um, and while, while people were, you know, audiences were seeing a certain type of magic or performer throughout the night, when they got to me, it was better, worse, you know, it was going to be much different.
0: Absolutely. And it, it, it of course, very much is Justin, have you, uh, gotten the pleasure of seeing, I know you haven't seen Mr. Rob Zabrecki live.
1: I haven't uh, seen him live yet. Um, that, that's, that's another one of my goals Uh, because I I will happen. So every every time you describe him, it just gets more intriguing. And then you know the only thing I have to go off of is uh, is videos that I find online. Like you'll you'll recommend a video to me, and mm-hmm. uh, and you're like you need to watch this. I do. And, I uh, do that and often. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Um, and I can tell you. So i will try. I'll try to describe it the best I can. Um, but it's very. Uh, there's some performances that you do, Rob, that are are kind of spooky. <laughs> to, to, to say the least. They're they're mysterious. And then you pull off these amazing uh
0: illusions or tricks or or whatever the case may be. Um what inspired you to also play with the darker humor, Rob?
1: Yeah, because I i love that. I think that's what really attracts me to um to to Rob's specific, you know, craft and his performance.
2: Yeah, um, it was probably a lot of things, you know. First of all, when I got into magic, I, I was I was just getting over a, a 10 year, excuse me, a 10 year music career. Or yes, we gotta and, talk about that and, too. Rock band in, in LA. And um, and so when it was time to reinvent, you know, who I was and what I do artistically, sort of at the Magic Castle kind of on almost by mistake uh, with my, my girlfriend is now my wife and it quickly became a mm. big part of our lives. And as I started seeing myself as a magician and having this conceit that I could even do magic and would do it because of partially my, my appearance is my, what some people call a gaunt visage, you know, kind of have this undertaker, natural sort of, you know, Eastern European look <laughs> that leans towards a lurchy kind of, you know, lurch-esque <laughs> character. So I put on a black suit and suddenly, you know, I do look like, you know, um, someone that you so, might've seen at, who worked at a, a mortuary or something, and so that <laughs> you know, and and that mixed with you know my my interests in in seances and spirit magic and things like that at all, and mentalism and, and things I was kind of interested in, and still am really um, from that time, all led towards well let's make a show about seeing the beauty in the darkness, and it having that as a. Um, uh, Kind of a plot line, or even a mantra, in a a way, it it informed everything that I needed to do. Everything from when when you've got a good tagline, or a a good, you know, um, a good sort of foundation of in one sentence of who you are and what you want to do. Even as an actor, I think in any in any even as a musician for that matter, it can just really inform the way forward. And it, it really did. Seeing the beauty in the darkness meant. How I could choose my tricks, how I would choose my comedy material, uh, what I would wear, what kind of music I would perform to, and, it, and then it just all made sense. And very quickly, this world was was formed, you know. Um, and I got to say, I perform, this was all formed with with my wife. It was a, a, a co deal um, for a short period of time when I got into magic. We we had like a little silent film act where it was a like cat and mouse act where I chased her around and we did some visual magic it was not good neither of us were good. <laughs> um we've got a really good promo picture that that is way better than the show ever was
0: and, oh man <laughs> I gotta see that that's the phenomenal went,
2: the photo is great the act was was horrible and there's people to live and tell it that that it, to, to remind me that it wasn't great um John Lovick my one of my best friends Hanson I Jeff,
0: love him so much
2: who I've not yeah he's the greatest <laughs> Um actually saw a couple of the Griffith and Clementine performances and and is witness to tell me that they, you know,
0: we weren't we weren't exactly
2: Penn and Teller. Well, John um, John doesn't <laughs> hold
0: back either. He'll tell you straight up. There is no oh, yeah. there is no, oh yeah, no, no, he'll be like, nah, it wasn't good.
2: <laughs> yeah. And thank God, because you know, by having but who you know, who wants to have people around you that are telling you, you know, that you're so great all the time? I, that that's never worked for yeah. me statistically. You want people to say, To give you you know real criticism and 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 john was right there from day one um and has still he's still you know one of my best friends and and gives me you know notes and thoughts and comments and concerns all the time
1: i i have to tell you that adam does that to us a lot like and 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 much like you know your your relationship with him Well, Um, you do the same yeah you know so it's I think, I think that it's awesome that you can't grow unless you get the criticism that you need, you know, from another person's point of view. Um, and, and then, and then you develop and then you grow and then you, you develop these amazing, uh, visuals that you've done and and you work with, I, good Lord. i am just, I'm kind of gobsmacked because you've done so much. Um, and I sound like I'm babbling and I probably am and that's okay. Oh really? But, um, but everything that I've seen you in, uh, you know, Adam, like I said, introduced oh. me to uh, to Rob. It was yeah. about a year and a half ago. It was. And uh, and you know, so I was introduced to you through um, I forget the name of it, but it was a big it's a big stage. I believe you had envelopes, and I don't remember how how the uh, how the trick went, but you came out with a box. And there was an entire performance behind it. And it was absolutely, uh, it was beautiful. I loved it. It was beautiful and creepy. And I found other things that you've done. Um, the other day I was looking, and if if anybody listening, whenever you're done driving or whenever you're done listening, uh, there was a, uh, it was like a carpool
0: magician.
2: Oh, yeah. Carpooling magician. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Oh, thank you yeah
0: well, I but I mean, he's be- also been the lead in horror movies and like just excellent things
2: i, I gotta say carpooling magician is is something that I, I would hope they would uh play at my funeral reception really <laughs> proud of. um because it was a, it was a short film that it was already existed somebody wrote it and 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 um and i was offered it was one of the few things where i was offered the part usually like you know many actors they audition for things but this one was Scripted and written um, by a commercial director who was trying to make a leap into doing uh, feature films. And so this was his, you know, his way to to do that. And um, it was just a joy to it was dangerous because the, the plot of the 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 film is that this this um, basically unemployed magician makes extra money by standing on the the freeway on ramp holding a sign that says yeah. Lane magician and and single <laughs> riders can can invite this person into the car, and he performs magic while they drive, so they can drive in the fast lane to get where they're going to um, in a in a faster way. So it's a it was a it's a kooky you know kooky idea, and I just really enjoyed that role very much. And um, yeah, I, I I'm proud of that one. Uh,
1: that was that was so fun to watch. And like I said, I think I found that a couple of days ago, and I was like, what is this? And it it really takes some turns within it uh, that that you don't expect to. It, the, like the direction that you expect it to go you know, yeah. So, yeah um and then there's you know the little subtleties in, in it you know and, and personally it like the the one thing that still sticks in my head is that you know he kept all his money in one of those little pencil cases you know yeah. and just kind of <laughs> kind of put it up on his desk <laughs> Yeah. but um no I had a, I had a lot of fun with that and um so I'll I'll get I'll get to the point here So I, I knew of you, uh, I'm horrible with names. Uh, it was, I believe my, my freshman year in, in high school and, Hmm. uh, great music was coming out at that time. I was living up in Seattle. I was on an Island and, uh, you know, so I was listening to, you know, Nirvana and, and all these new bands that were coming out. And, and along with those bands, there was, uh, your band, Possum Dixon. Yeah. And, and so during the conversations with Adam, uh, he's like, yeah, he was in a band in the nineties. And, uh, I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And then I was like, like, I didn't know you were in that band. Like, I love, I loved that band.
2: Hey, thank you. Yeah. We had some success, uh, you know, nationwide, I would say our first couple records made the biggest splashes and we'd go up to Seattle and do, you know, the, the, pretty good venues and played live on I think KXCP is a station I really liked up there that might still be going and some of the more at the time there was a couple of big commercial alternative rock stations that played us a lot so we would do sometimes two shows in one night and and um funny thing playing in Seattle was was weird because you know the grunge was definitely alive and well and and, Mm. and we were not a part of that but I knew a lot of those bands and were friends with a lot of them from, from different sort of tentacles when you're in a band there's always connections with not always but sometimes connections with other bands and so there was like a sort of a, almost in a way a kindred spirit to it. Um, but then we'd go back the last few times there was a there was a new band um, that that we had met called Death Cab for Cutie.
0: Oh yeah, of course from yeah. uh, the, the, the postal, uh, the post, uh, uh, what were they before that. Um,
2: Gee, I don't know. I mean, was- pre Death Cab.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Death Cab came out of um, post uh, something crap. I can't even remember. But yeah, huh. pre Death Cab.
2: All Death I knew Cab. is they were from. I think some of the guys were from from Bellingham, Washington, and and um. So they they'd open up for us uh, when we go up there. We did probably they probably opened up for us three four times. I've,
1: I've met them a couple of times here in Salt Lake City.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. They're uh, great great,
1: <laughs> great group of guys.
0: Yeah, yeah they really are.
2: And then when our band broke up, I, I remember driving like past the Wiltern or something and there's this line of you know a thousand people outside and look up at the at the marquee and there it is, death cab for cutie. And they had sort of, you know, skyrocketed into uh, headlining success, which is really hard to do as a as a rock band. So anyway, a lot of a lot of good memories um, from from playing in, in in Seattle in the in the 90s for sure. Loved it.
1: I, I, I miss that time so much, um, you know, and I, I my wife's always like, oh, you know, I was she was living in South Carolina and I was, you know, I was up in Seattle during that entire time. And it was absolutely amazing. Like, you know, I, I can only relate to it like uh, like when the whole grunge scene came out, you know, or the or the, there was a huge alt punk scene. And I can only it, it's like a, it's like a piece in history that I was lucky enough to be part of. You know, so uh, I just remember standing outside of these venues I couldn't get into, you know, and I would hear Pearl Jam and I would hear Soundgarden and Mudhoney and... Mm-hmm. um and it, it was,
0: it, it was a heck of a time. I go, oh, I miss it well, so now, much. <laughs> now you'd have no problem. I don't know, Rob, if you, if you know this, but, but Justin is now a concert photographer. So now he'd have no problem getting into these <laughs> venues. Had You're I not. known
1: that you could just get into any venue with a camera around your neck? I mean, yeah. you know, you can't
0: not get into any venue with a camera around your neck. So. Yeah. Right. That's the best part about it. But it's very interesting. Rob, you, um, you're a multifaceted, multi-talented, multi-careered human being. I you mean, really you've, had, you've had a full career in music. You've had a full career in magic. You're starting a wonderful career in the acting realm as well, transitioning to, to, to doing all sorts of uh, performing, not just with magic, but television with Lucifer, um, some film um, not only with Carpool Magician and short films, but longer films as well. Um, your your talents and your ability to chameleon your your life into into different careers is so fun and so fascinating. I'm sure it keeps things very interesting for you. When music came into your life, what was the first like thing where you went, aha, this is something I want to do?
2: Oh, I mean, I think I was like 14, 15. and I, was, I couldn't wait to be old enough to like want to be in a band, you know, because, <laughs> you know, just being a fan of music since I was a little kid, you know, listening to music on the AM radio, my mom's car and buying 45s mm-hmm. and playing them t- over and over and over. And just I loved pop music. It was just I was crazy about it. And so, you know, mid 70s rock and roll, you know, the hard rock at the time, Kissed, um, cheap trick, yes, Anything like that really kind of you know caught caught my ear. And then um, uh, around nineteen eighties, I got turned on to punk rock music, and that was really exciting and new at the time. And that led to you know kind of what was going on post punk, and then there was like a sixties ska revival, the mod world, and, yeah. And then, you know, what, what became known as Goth, Echo and the Bunnymen, The Cure, Susie and the Banshees, bands like Echo, that. Echo,
1: Echo, Susie. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, so by, some by, of by my four,
2: favorites. Yeah. So by fourteen, fifteen, I, I kind of absorbed all of a lot of those things. And I wanted to do my own. I was like, I got to start a band. And bass only had four strings and I had no other interest than doing that. So it became my, my crusade. Um, and then by the time I was 2021, 20, started Possum Dixon, my my own band. i sort of played in a lot of bands and kicked around experimenting with what you know, being a sideman man in other bands. But it wasn't until uh, I formed that band, Possum Dixon, that, that I went, "This is my band. These are my songs, and I'm going to." While my friends were going off to college and getting getting degrees and different things, I was like making flyers for our shows and sort of promoting the band and and working day and night to make sure that that was going to happen you know, work out or not. So I could kind of see what, what was going to happen. And, um, and it, it turned out pretty good. I mean, I, like I say, I had the band for 10 years. Um, it was my, it was my job, we got to went to Europe a few times and, you know, headline shows and open for a ton of bands. And that was like, it was, you know, you guys know this being creative people, when you get on a, on a jag, it's all you want to do, you live and breathe this stuff. It, it is yep. your, it's your lifeline, it's who your friends are, it's what you're, you know, you, you you go to bed and you wake up thinking about this stuff, and you know, for me, doing it for for ten years was a really long time. by By seven or eight years in, I think I was the the dream was starting to fade, um, and you know. and my in my personal life was changing a lot. Uh, I had you know, kind of like like many in in the arts, you know, dove into the deep end of the excess of um, you know drugs. No, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah, so I let kind of let go of that um, by the late, mid, late 90s, um, and there was, the, the dream died, you know, and basically it was over, um, three albums in, I was like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore, and so luckily at the same time, I fell into magic, and that really opened, mm. it was like, and then boom, it was like I started all over again, going to the magic castle and learning about the, the magicians of the past and the, the history there was just as cool as looking at record covers in the 70s and yes, reading about the totally band buying hip Parader and cream or you know music magazines um magic took its place and and really for for 20 years that's that was the that was it and and in more recent times um adam as you just said i've i've gotten i have this bug for acting now Mm-hmm. It sounds like you know somebody's listening to this and like, well, this jerk can't make up his mind of what he wants to do anymore.
1: <laughs> I uh, think they all relate. No, I, see, like, like you tell your story, and I completely relate to you. Like, I've been so many things. I've been a soldier. I've been, you know, I've been a concert photographer, a and chef. A, I've been, yeah, a cook. Yeah, I've, I've done, I've done so many things, and and much like anything, um, it's always it's always good to have that healthy obsession. You know, your new, your new addiction is typically a good one. If you can dive into it, like uh, like this podcast, uh, if you can dive into it and really get into it and that that's all that matters period. But is it's your new healthy obsession, you know, so, so as opposed you know, to chemicals or whatever the case may be,
0: this is definitely mm-hmm. a better alternative. <laughs> oh, 100%. And to me, Rob, it's the evolution of a performer.
1: Yeah, we use that term a lot, evolution, uh, on this podcast because it really is. uh, You may you may start off as, you know, well, I was in a band, I did three albums, it was ten years, but you know, I got tired
0: of that, and a lot of people do. Um, The music industry is rough, man. Oh, it's hard. It presents its own struggles and its own things and its own corruptness. Uh, and, and I guess everything you really find yourself doing has that, but in a different way. And it's it really is all about what your body and mind can uh, um, cope with to make yourself the most successful you can be in the industry that's presented to you.
2: Yeah, it's well said. I mean, the, let's face it: Hollywood's probably is more corrupt than the music business, or at least on. Sure. Yeah, 100%. uh and magic you know for the same you know for all for on a smaller level it's the same as well so it's th- that stuff is like all right there's gonna there's gonna be the, those obstacles are gonna be there regardless of even if you're a fine artist even in the art world and mm-hmm. it's, that exists so you, you that's knowing that you, you've got to have this burning desire to want to you know achieve something in the art form for it for it to make sense and then you're like yeah it's going to be hard of course there's going to be obstacles and do you know i hate i hate those obstacles i wish they weren't there but they're going to be um it's that thing though about you have to do it it's uh it's not because i want to it's because i have to and I had to do music. That's the difference. That saved me, that saved my teenage years, you know, and, and destroyed a lot of them. Um, and then the (laughs) the same, it was like, I had to do that. And and then magic I had, I had to sort of, you know, I found this, this desire for reinvention. And I think, you know, for me, I I, doing the same thing over and over. I I, I like the repetition of it. I didn't mind being in a band and playing the same set more or less every night for a really long time. I, I love having an act that I can do where I know every beat and every word. And this yeah. audience is going to change for sure. But I, I know that I've, you know, I've crafted this thing that's going to be <clears throat> artful and amusing to myself and others, because again, I, I like repetition. And then with acting, it's the same thing where you, you, you get a technique down and you, you work within that that's never the same twice and you know you don't get to choose the other actors you work with you don't get to choose the fonts of the film title you you know you're not choosing the dialogue or the music that goes behind what you're saying or the wardrobe you might have you know small stake and bits and pieces of it but really you don't and so I love the challenge of of reinventing myself as an actor at this point realizing that At fifty three, I think I'm yeah fifty (laughs) three. It's it's much different to to enter a new sort of realm, a new art form at a not and not that I'm brand new to this because I I have been acting for about I don't know eight or ten years. Yeah, but the guys that are are my age who are who are good have been doing it. Most of them have been doing it since their early twenties and have to certain degrees made it. You know, Adam, you're you're much more established as an actor and a voiceover actor and a stage actor, because you've been consistently doing that since you were very young. With sure. me, I walk into a casting office and they go, Rob Zabrecki, who the hell are you? Where have you been? I'm like, oh, well, it's a long it's story. It's funny.
0: There's an <laughs> advantage to that though.
2: There is, you know what, there's, I gotta say, there's, there's a certain thing. When I when I watch a casting director go, oh, you, oh, you weren't a okay, or, or, or they'll say, you know, we looked you up before you came in for this, and we learned, you know, kind of, they would do a quick overview and and I kind of understand the puzzle pieces. They don't really go together, but you see, well, this guy has been in the arts, and he he has been a consistent sort of performer entertainer mm-hmm. for his adult life, and and that's kind of it, you know. So now I've got to work a lot harder than most. I would say most actors to sort of like, make an impact on, you know, at, at this point it's it's casting people, seeing me going, wow, that was, you know, there's an interesting take on that. Or I, I realize I don't, you know, I kinda, I wanna carve the niche that I had in music and carve the niche that I had in magic, in, in acting. It just takes a long time, you know? And I, I realize it's, it's like anything, it's a long haul thing. I do it because I love it. Um, I have to, again, it's like, it's, it's, I, if I could, you know, uh, not do it, I, I might, I might consider that, but I, I, I do feel that, um, it's a, you know, it's a calling or whatever.
0: A hundred percent. Um, I think as performers, you know, you have to really listen to that, uh, your, um, intuition about it is what your soul creativity is craving. And I think if you are willing and have the talent to be able to give into it and and dive completely in it, you're going to be successful because it is what your body's telling you to do. And so many people, I think, don't listen to their body and they may be talented in this one thing that's incredible, but they don't really, you know. but this job here is consistent and I want the consistency, but, if you really deep dive into what your body's telling you, you have naturally, you will be successful in that and that will develop a consistency for you.
2: I like to think so. You know, I, I my good friend, um, Derek Q said, said something, um, I love also- Derek. Oh, he's well. great. Yeah, uh, I don't are. think he would you <laughs> punch me for saying this or anything, but we were talking about the, the inconsistencies of, of being a performer, you know. Because every, yeah. I think everybody has them on whatever level you're at. I think I know, I know people that are much more and much less. Let's let's say successful. And success, is something I, I define differently than most. Mm-hmm. Um, but but people that are you know on on, on higher and lower levels of. of What's called a success chain, um, and and Derek's saying something to the effect of, if you stay in it, it's you know it, it'll take care of you, and show business has taken care of Derek and me for pretty much our whole lives, mm-hmm. uh, and it's so when you have these lulls, you're like, well, how is how how is this going to work in six months if I if the phone doesn't ring or I don't book, you know, you start putting your emphasis on on booking jobs and whatever that is and this, the stress that goes along with that and then you just got to sit back and remind yourself that like hey it's going to take care of me it has in the past i don't think it's right. gonna, it's probably not going to quit taking care of me now now that could that who knows <laughs> that that might that could change but so far um it's it has done its job and taking care of us
1: well i mean the, the, it didn't do its job on its own it, it took right. your time, your dedication, um, to your your many crafts. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of hard work that's involved. And I think that uh there's a lot of people now, you know, that that are younger, you know, you you look at uh social media or you look at, you know, like TikTok, for example. Um, they think that's that, TikTok. Well, yeah, what's TikTok, Adam? Please explain it. <laughs> but um No, there's, there's this whole mentality that it's like, well, if I make this really good eight second video, like I'm going to make it. And then they're done that like, they stop after that. Whereas I I think there's a bunch of, there's, I think there's people out there that think that they're just going to walk into a a talent agency or a cast call or whatever, and they're just going to read something off a piece of paper and it's just going to happen. And I don't think they see the work that goes yes. in behind all of it, which is, you know, it wasn't, you know, one audition that day, it was nine, you know, and it, it you may get, you know, you might, you might get a callback for that. You may not.
0: Probably you know? not.
1: <laughs> Probably not. I mean, that's just how it is. Um, so I, I'd like to think that like the moral of your story <laughs> is that um, your persistence is paying off, you know, and the hit on what Adam said is that, Um, you, you, you kind of, kind of go where your heart tells you to go and then you do it and you, you, you put a hundred percent into it. And and, and in some cases you put more into it, but the end result is that you, you now have, you know, a little, a new notch in your belt and, uh, you, you know, you worked really hard for it. You know, it's not just handed to you.
2: Right. I mean, and, and to speak to that a little bit, you, you say the word. You know work and th- that's that's kind of a word for it I, I loved being in a band and playing music and writing music and, and being in a band with my friends never never really felt like work I mean getting up to get in the van or you know for a flight or burn mm-hmm. driving after a show yeah that that was just part of it but it never really felt like work so much and when I look back at my acting uh, my, my, my years at magic castle and and developing a magic act and all the time that i spent on that it, it i loved it and it didn't feel like work it was like man i am so i i might have to get up at six in the morning to do this because i have to do other stuff to like pay the bills you know yeah. 20 years ago or something but the, i love this and this does not feel like like work and and now when i'm as i'm diving into the acting stuff it's the same it's like you're in, I'm in classes with people, and it's via Zoom, and the classes sometimes are four hours long. And yeah, you're tired afterwards, and you know you realize that you've maybe gotten just that little bit better. And it it's doesn't, it doesn't doesn't it's never really felt like work for me.
0: I would agree with you. I think I always say that the work of an actor is getting is trying to get the job. You know, it, it, it is convincing, I guess, or or having getting that that combination of luck, talent and timing uh, to, to actually book the job as a per se for the hundreds of thousands of actors that are that are also auditioning for that role. But once you get the job, that's not work and it never is. I'm not a morning person. And I got to tell you, I will happily wake up at five, four six, whatever a.m. time I have to, to go to set because I love it that much. It's not work, it's getting to be creative. It's allowing my creative side and juices to, to flow, to um, not only have myself experience something incredible, but hopefully whoever is watching gets to lose their themselves in the story and the performance.
2: Exactly, no, that's well said, I, I agree. I love it. I I, I love the whole set, like the wandering around backlots and being, Oh, that was so fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. You and I did, did an exploration. I'm sure I told you, um, I don't know if I told you, but I I would, I would retell it because it's, it's a fun story. And as far as my history in, in show business and growing up in, in, in LA Um, when I was a teenager, one of the things that we did after the house parties broke up in burbank was to drive over barham and uh, sneak up to the universal back lot, climb under a fence through a little portal and wander around the universal studios back lot. Mm-hmm. and this was something that my teenage friends and i did pretty regularly especially in the summer when it was warm and um there was this hole in the fence this rusted chain link fence you climb under it you walk you know 50 yards and you're on this you're standing on the the um the porch of the psycho house you know <laughs> and it's midnight and there's no one there and you're no one a, you got like a 12 pack of beer with your friends or a bottle of hard stuff and you, you walk down these winding streets and you're suddenly you're on the jaws set and then you go through and there's there's little italy and new york and th- we would find ourselves playing uh hide and seek in front of the Munsters house or leave it to beaver houses things like that because they're all very close together yeah. and then inevitably you would see these headlights of a security cart coming at you and that was the signal to run like <laughs> hell back under that fence and to your car so like i got to experience that as a teenager and wonder like oh wow this is where all these you know the jaws said for example almost had sex there one night with a cute girl new waiver from encino named sherry and uh, <laughs> you know it, it was it was a really magical time and place and i would remember as a teenager wondering wow this is i'm part of this history in a weird way i'm a part of this because i'm here now and even though you know i'm no one's recording this i'm recording this and uh it felt like a special time to be alive and i i remember sort of being obsessive about movie stars and films and things like that and wanting to wanting to know more you know i wanted it there was a part of me going to
1: well, you wanted you wanted it, and you wanted to know like how. I'm sure that it, like like for me, like I've, I'm always curious like how is it done, and and you know it, it it's a it's a whole. There, there's people that grow up now that don't understand memories, you know. So mm-hmm. when when you were going onto those lots and you were sitting in front of the psycho house or or whatever the case may be, you know you were just soaking in that experience. Whereas now you know somebody pop out a camera. And really incriminate themselves, and then you know they they don't retain that information. But I love that um, you're able to pull up that memory, and you're able to share that and the feeling that that was coming with it. Um, yeah, I, I think that's missing.
2: <laughs> I I agree. I mean, I don't think you could you the, you know with with uh, the um, the way the world is now, no one's sneaking under a fence and breaking into. Anywhere, uh, there's cameras everywhere, and there's, there's you know security is, has uh let's just say has gotten a lot better since 1985. Um, I was doing True. It. Um, but again, I'm glad that I was able to have those experiences.
1: Yeah, but now you're working on the ability
0: to rightfully be there. Yeah. You're- well, now they let you on because they like your work. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's you yeah, but, a new position.
2: <laughs> but it's way cooler when you're, when it's midnight and you're breaking in and you, you have the risk of getting arrested. So I would say, yeah, it's nice to be invited on the lot. And, and actually, for that, for that, with that, anytime I go to Universal, I always try to carve out an extra half an hour to retrace my steps yes. as a teenager. Go, God, I re- like, I remember just like, you know, being here at midnight and just walking through these streets. And it's, it's, it's pretty magical to, to have that like, that memory bounced with and now i'm here reading for a part on you know uh, whatever tv show or whatever film I do go up there sometimes for auditions and it's always like it feels like a full circle thing and i i'm not i'm not really a, a proud person but i always feel like man i did it i came back to this place that i i wondered about as a teenager and um yeah, it's it's it is a full circle thing. And it well, like it's a it's,
1: a, it's a whole uh, realization, and and you are you're manifesting that. Yes. You, you you mentally said, you know, oh man, I really would, you know, that'd be really cool, and you made it happen. You wanted to be a, a magician, uh, and you made that happen. And it's not like uh, you made it happen. You're like, yeah, okay, I'm cool with a couple tricks. Massive, massive performances that are are just beautifully executed, you know. And they're so you get so absorbed in in the ones that I've seen of
0: you. Um, you get so absorbed into it. We'll have to do a séance with Rob because that's one of my dreams is to do. Oh yeah, a well, séance that would be so awesome.
2: Speaking of which, um, the Houdini séance room uh, at the Magic Castle is is reopening very soon. Um, and for those of you that don't redesigned
1: what
2: redesigned reimagined and mm. yeah it, it's kind of um the storyline's still still the same but it's, okay. it's reimagined through uh um one of the greatest writers of, of our time jim steinmeyer oh
0: i love him oh wow
2: wonder, wonderful magician and, and former president of the magic castle and absolute brilliant writer one of my favorite yes. writers of all time has written some of my favorite magic books hands down without a no doubt just massive fan of Jim and, and Jim was brought into, to read to the Sands Room. But for those listeners who don't know, uh, Magic Castle is a private club for magicians and their guests. It's an in an old Victorian mansion in Hollywood. Super Where cool we filmed Lucifer as well. Where we filmed Lucifer, yes, that, that, that too. Um, and, uh, and it's been there since, it's been a private club since 1963. And one of the attractions inside of the place beyond close-up magic and stage magic and sort of parlor magic, is this small chamber called the Houdini Seance Room, where there's um, an abundance of Houdini ephemera, props, illusions, things related to Houdini's life, and his uh, and his sort of quest to, to to defame these these mediums and spiritualists from the 1920s who were mm. charlatans and, and gypsies taking money from people that had lost uh, loved ones in, say, World War One and things like that. And Houdini was like. Hey, these people are gypsies, and they're using magic tricks to to tell you that your you know your 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 husband or brother has come back from the grave to leave you this message. So he was kind of this this amazing force to to bring these people down. And in this chamber. Uh, which has been running since the late '60s, since 1968 or 69, um, in the same fashion. It's a Victorian-style séance where what you would imagine people holding hands in a dark room and a large circular table and Victorian sconces and all that good stuff and candles and spooky stuff. Mm-hmm. That is so mm-hmm. cool. It's pretty cool, and and I and I performed them for ten years. The um, past ten years, I was one of the few mediums that that ran the, the séances. But now it is revamped, it is redone, and uh, I'm, I'm very uh, interested and excited to, to see how it all plays out. And I think in the next couple of months we'll see, uh, it'll be open and people can,
1: well. That would be great if it was open by between the 16th and the 20th of October.
2: <laughs> because-
0: guess who's coming to LA? Hey. Uh, well, I'll, 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 I'll put, get it, I'll put it to the Russians, see if they can get it open by the 16th for you. Uh, that would be incredible. That'd that would be, be amazing. So I'm not gonna so, lie. Because so if we could is... do it by the 16th, that's the night we were planning on going anyway. Yeah.
1: Justin. Yeah. I'm I'm absolutely excited to go there because yeah. you you talk nonstop about it.
2: Have, you, have <laughs> you been there, Justin? Have you been to the Magic Castle? No, I,
1: I have not. I live I live in Utah and I didn't know anything about the Magic Castle until I met Adam. Oh wow. Yeah. And and Adam would talk about this magical place and I'm like I need to know more uh yeah. and and much like much like you Rob I have this very little confession but I am trying to teach myself magic and when I'm with Adam I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping well you remember I told you about the invisible lodge
0: of course at the magic castle
1: yeah yeah so I
0: want to be a member of that, so I have a place in the uh, magic castle as well. <laughs> so when I taught magic over uh, over streaming last night, you were probably over the moon. I would absolutely. I'm oh, always okay. paying attention, and my execution is garbage, but that's okay. But
1: much like anything you start else, um, you start. You start, and uh, that's a great story. Anybody younger? Because we do have a, a few people of a smaller demographic that are younger, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. If there's something that you're interested in, oh my. Good Lord, you have so many resources. If it's magic, or you want to learn to throw a pot, or make music, yeah, be a bassist. Start your own band. Absolutely. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go off topic, even though that was already off topic. So given <laughs> <Okay>. given <laughs> my coffee's kicked in, I'm sorry. Um, oh. But the uh, so there's the seance room, and you guys have always you guys talk about yeah. You know, Oh, see, I need one of those, too. Adam's showing me his Magic Castle tumbler. It's awesome. Um, but, Rob, do you believe in the afterlife? Do you believe that there are spirits that walk among us? Such a great question.
0: No. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. I would have thought the exact opposite, Rob. Me, too. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I don't. Um, I would like to. Sure, wouldn't that be nice? Um, I I perform the seances for fun and entertainment, but uh, I've uh, in my sober life, I've never experienced uh, uh, a ghost.
1: <laughs> right? I, I get I get that. It's usually after day three the shadow people start coming out. So
2: <laughs> that's, you're not you're not joking. I mean, that's that is real. Yeah. Uh, and i I have been and i have been on day three um so i do know about that and what what can transpire when you're when your body's filled with poison Uh, you will see see things and you will hear things and you can touch things and it can be oh so real but um since uh those things have not been a part of my life i have not seen any witness of the ghost
0: interesting Interesting. yeah yeah Yeah. what about what about Uh, you adam Oh yeah, I had an experience two nights ago while playing video games, where I was definitely not alone, and it's funny because Sophie had the same experience at the exact same time, and we just didn't talk about it until yesterday.
1: You and it was before it you jumped two on, Justin. Ago.
0: Yeah, while we were playing. Was she, okay. playing? I, just, was she I just didn't say anything.
2: Uh, was she playing with you?
0: No, it was me and Justin. Oh, weird. Actually, we were playing video games together and right before Justin jumped on, I felt very not alone. And it was very, it was very uh, uh, um, palpable, the energy. And um, Sophie came up to me and said, uh, hey, I had a visitor the other night. I was like, (laughs) me too. And we had this discussion yesterday. And uh, it turns out that we had, um, she had experienced it three hours after I had. Uh, so it was very interesting. We think we kind of figured out what happened, um, but uh, there have been many experiences I have had of energies that are definitely not of this world, for sure. And I, and I am somebody who has, who, uh, unlike, unlike you guys, I, um, don't know why, but I haven't, I have a very addictive personality. My entire family has addictive personalities, but as far as, um, anything where I've been addicted, addicted to substances or anything, for some reason, I don't know if I've just been too ADD or too like busy to, to do it or, or not even bother trying, but that's not been, um, something that I have personally, uh, had the struggle with, as opposed to, I know both of you have, but mm-hmm. um, I've had still very strong afterlife experiences that are very intense.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm there with you. So here, I'll share with you. Uh, it was four nights ago, and I was I was sitting on the uh, I was sitting in my room. I was sitting with Coda. Right. And I'd open that's the window. his
0: dog. One of his dogs. He has three. Yeah, dogs.
1: Coda, Coda is my, my Malamute. She's just over a year. She's still adorable. Shedding. She's adorable. Yeah. but She's I still love shedding. Love she is. That's a different story. Um, but I was sitting, I was sitting there and then she just kind of sat up and she stared at the window and I was like, what's up? And she just sat there and she started whimpering and I was like, what in the world is going on? And then the room got freezing cold. I was like, all right, so I know how to handle this. I've seen, you know, ghost hunters. (laughs) I'm not going to antagonize whatever's in my room. Uh, But the room got very cold and I'm like, you're welcome here. Uh, Don't cause any harm. And I told it to go sit in a chair because I'm a parent. And that's what you do is you tell them to go sit in a chair and don't bother you because you have other things to do. So that's what I did. And when I said that, I have have my, my chair that I sit in now. I have another little chair uh, for one I'm editing and Jen sits down mm. uh, and this chair spun around in a full circle. And I was like, okay. And Coda's just steady watching the chair. And I was like, all right, so whenever you're done uh, leave peacefully and we're, we're good to go. You know? So, and that, that was, that was my experience. And it was, I think it was two days prior to
0: yours. Oh, I've had guitars play on their own. I've seen stuff. <laughs> That's happened to me a lot. It's very common to strum on a guitar. I'm
2: glad that both of you have had experiences. Um, Maybe it'll change for me. Who knows?
0: Maybe. I mean, uh, you know. Excuse me. Hold on. Yes. (laughs) The good thing about you, Rob, is you are a very open soul to experiences. And I think if it's meant for you to experience it in this way, you will. And if it's not meant, it it won't happen, and that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Uh, it just means that um, for whatever reason, it doesn't materialize in that way for your um, experience. And that's totally okay, too. But no matter what you believe, being an open human to, to possibilities, if they present themselves, I think is what's the most important thing to not be you know, shut off to um, whatever may come your way yeah that's
2: exactly it It, it's in my in my creative life and in my like recovery life and sober life, whatever you want to call it sure honesty and open-mindedness and willingness are the three things that are the pillars of how i kind of operate as a creative artistic person and as a you know any just somebody who wants to live in the world and see something of beauty and wonder and you 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 don't do that when you're when those things aren't you're not banging on those cylinders it just doesn't it doesn't work absolutely Um, and so yeah those are like really big big uh big big things that i kind of make sure i reset every day and make sure that i i open i'm 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 open to those things because sometimes i'm not naturally my my brain closes off and i want to retract or feel you know otherwise and I have to reset and have to do it because you also
0: have Tommy who just is a wonderful direction in your life so you I'm
2: know lucky. yeah I've got, a great, I've got a great wife and support support system there's no there's no doubt about that and and um without her it it, you know I I learned those three things being with her and through her so yeah yeah yeah
0: do you ever get the hang, like the itch to, 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 to uh, play the bass again or to just tinker around a little bit, even if it's not for songwriting, just for fun?
2: Not really. No, hmm. I, I don't. Because I'll, I'll pick up an instrument, for example, excuse me, I'll pick up an instrument, for example, and I can start, you know, I can uh, play a Beatles riff or whatever um, and then go, you know, this is all fine and good, but I, 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 God, I'd really like to finish that monologue that I, I want to write. And work on. Yeah, and it's a creative because I can get you know it takes me to a creative place. i like, well, what am I trying to do here? This is I'm going back to something that I already know how to do, and I and I have a certain competency on that instrument. That I'm not trying to like be a shredder or
0: yeah, totally. <laughs> sort it. of
2: you know write write a new song or something, and that that could change later. But for right now, I feel like my my creative efforts have to be focused um otherwise i i get a little spread out and lost and i don't like i say i'm 53 i don't need to be um i, I don't i don't want to be known as a, as a jack of all trades i think like focusing on certain things and being really good at them and taking the time mm-hmm. to do them is is the way for me you know so so i try not to look so i try not to look back too much you know and, and playing yeah. music mostly is looking back now that said i get brought into a movie set and they say, Hey, can you play this thing? I'm like, what key, you know, like, let's do totally. it. Totally,
0: It's know? good to have that skill because it comes in handy moving yeah. forward, but you don't necessarily need to relive something you've already lived. I understand that. Yeah, and I don't, I
2: don't, I don't keep a bunch of instruments around. I have like one acoustic guitar that if I want to
0: just whatever.
2: A tune or or learn, sometimes I'll learn a, a, a good idea for a cover. I'll hear a song on the radio. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to learn that song or try try to kind of, reimagine that song in my own way um, but usually it's done pretty you know without a lot of time and effort it's just it's done for, for strictly for for fun
0: you know yeah 100% i totally get that i have a lot of things that i dabble in that i have no interest in making a full career of and so that I makes mean, complete sense yeah. Like right. video games or or music for me, you know, drums, oh, yeah. guitar. Uh, I don't have any intention of making it a full career. I just enjoy it every once in a while, and it's not something I bust out very often anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so have I, that I, drive for it. I just go, oh, I get this wild hair where I'm like, hey, you know, I want to learn that song. Why not? Yeah, yeah, I get it totally. Yeah,
1: I I totally get that. Um, now, I, I think I think the the one question I didn't have answered um, was how did how did you. Um, how did you approach magic? How was it presented to you to where you were like, this is something I really want to do. Like, was it a, a was it a, a, a passion you had, like uh, you were a child and you saw something that inspired you um, like the progression from going from musician to magician. Um, how, how did that happen?
2: Uh, it was an accident. So um I was on tour with my band, Possum Dixon. We're in Baltimore, Maryland, hot summer day. Load our gear into a club and go wandering around to do some sightseeing. And I'm with my bandmates and there's downtown Baltimore and it's it's pretty old school. It's got a real fifties feel. And I was a big fan of John Waters' movies. So I was walking around trying to find out where uh, movies like Desperate Living and Pink Flamingos and uh, films like that were made female trouble and, mm-hmm. and so do that and then there's like a pretty pretty strong wave of heat I'm like I gotta go find some air conditioning there's a bakery and there's a shoe store and there's a magic shop so I wander in the magic shop just to get out of the heat that was my sole purpose of doing that and after sort of you know wandering around the store for 10 minutes and cooling off and looking at these stenciled bunnies and straight jackets and pictures of Houdini and carts and things like that. I, I asked the man if there was a little trick I could do on stage at the nightclub down the street. And um, and so he took a little handkerchief from his pocket and he made it vanish. And I thought, hey, I'll take it, you know, and he for 15 bucks or 10 bucks, he showed me how to do it and he sold me the whole thing. Learned very crudely how to do it, shoved it in my pocket. That night we're on stage and it's after midnight and we're three songs into our our set and our guitar player breaks a string and he starts tuning the guitar. This is usually a point where I would say something or other to the audience, but I remembered this little device that I had to banish something. So I said to the audience, hey, does anybody have a condom, a wrapped condom? <laughs> and that was like, just what came to me. I don't know like why I substituted the handkerchief for the condom, it just felt right. Somebody yeah. threw a wrapped condom <laughs> on stage. I love stuff, it. Stuffed stuff it in the device and guess what? The thing vanished and the audience applauded and they laughed and you know it was, it was not a magic audience it was you know hipsters and people of that nature kind of harder to please but they they were amused by it and so <laughs> when I were in New York City I go hey guys third song tune up do do I'm gonna do the thing again and it worked and two, twice in a row it, it was the audience thought it was funny so <laughs> drove back to our tour ended in New York we drove back to LA and uh that's when my my girlfriend taught who is my now my wife tommy had a pass to this place the magic castle and we walked in there and we're like uh-oh this is this is kind of amazing and it changed the course of my life and that that's when i decided that my mu- my music dream was was dying here i am trying to perform a magic trick for where well, i should have been wanting to play music but I <laughs> and um and sort of uh, transitioned as into into the world of magic, and that's that's how it started. And I got, so I got the I got the bug at 27. I I did not I had zero interest in you know in in magic as a kid. Like I say, I was into you know cheap trick and kiss and bands like that. So I was just not a magic person. But man, did I did I dive in?
0: I, I it's funny. That's, that's awesome. the exact same first trick that I I saw that got me into it. Yeah, exactly. Do thing. it. Yeah, it's a gateway. It's all you need. Yeah, well, it's, 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 it's it's a it's a ga- it's a gateway trick. There, there yeah. seems to be this uh
1: this this linear relationship between acting, uh, magic,
0: music. It's all performing, man. It's all the stage. It's yeah. all a way to express yourself. And I think that's what's the most important is that, you know, Rob, when you're saying, Oh, it feels like I'm scatterbrained or, or, or can't make up my mind. I just think it's a new way of expression. And it's, it's a, it's an ever evolving, as I said before, but in a more articulate way of expression at first it was music because you hadn't found really your voice other than, uh, expressing it through song and expressing it through mm-hmm. strings and uh, then it was expressing it through movement as well as starting to verbalize and now it is incredibly verbal so wow. it's just all the flow yeah
2: it's you know? a great way to put it thank you for for tying those I never I never really connected the dots like that. I think that's a, that's a well said and, and pretty accurate as well so
0: thank well, you I- yeah you're you're welcome i pre i appreciate what you are um what you are presenting so that being said guess what you get gifts for being on the podcast i'll hand deliver them (laughs) actually you 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 are able to now. we're able to because you'll be here in two weeks
1: (laughs) seems like you're not in london um we, we have we have a couple of gifts for you we have uh two wonderful sponsors we have uh uh, Miss Marita's hard candy slides. I Best right. candy I've ever had. So good. Um, it'll it'll be a bottle of candy, and uh, what's special about it is that um, it every jar is it's all individually handmade by uh, a man in Louisiana. You know, wow. in one pot in his <laughs> kitchen. Pot in his kitchen, and he makes all this candy, and it's wonderful. Um, and it's getting and, pretty big. Yeah, he's doing wonderful. I mean, he
0: gave it to everybody. Well, I know. I mean, <laughs> so many people have, I mean, Melissa Joan Hart has it. Like, I mean, there's just so many people that have it. It's insane. Yeah.
1: So uh, Mark Summers did a review on his candy too.
0: That's I don't amazing. know if you
1: saw that, but I mean. Oh that's no, but I, I double
0: dare you to watch it, Rob. Oh, oh boy. Um, yeah,
1: so you'll, you'll be receiving a bottle of Miss Maria's heart candy slides. In whatever flavor
0: of your choosing, which would be absolutely. great. So we'll, we'll, well give you the website, artcandyslides.com. We,
1: we, we, we still have quite a few uh, left, but oh, we'll get it afterwards. Uh, and also, um, I'm a Freemason. I have a uh, Masonic brother that has, that was like, hey, um, what? how would you feel about giving out some cufflinks? I'm like, yes, absolutely. He's like, okay. Uh, so he made these wonderful cufflinks. Uh, which you can you can also purchase them on um, MasonicTartanAprons.com, but you'll be receiving just a nice little pair of handmade uh handcrafted cufflinks uh you you know and so i think we're the only ones that give out candy and cufflinks
2: yeah well (laughs) there you go thank you that's awesome
0: yeah you're welcome guys
2: thanks for letting me you know uh talk about my my life today appreciate that
0: thanks for chatting
2: yeah I'll be checking my mail for some, for some candy and cufflinks. So.
0: Well, maybe, maybe we'll all get together around the 16th, you know, and and we can just all reminisce on, on this time and, and as well as chat about future and fun endeavors
1: absolutely this is uh this has been a lot of fun uh i was i was kind of kind of fanboying earlier because i was a big fan of uh possum dixon and oh, uh so that finally to be able to to talk to you and kind of pick your brain a little bit and to hear you know your story i mean there's there's a real moral to this and it's it's kind of kind of do what your heart feels and i don't think you can go wrong agreed. i really don't
2: yep all right, James. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'll, I'll see you guys later. Thank you so much, Rob. You, really Rob. appreciate it. Bye, Adam. Bye, Justin.
1: Bye. 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 Have a good day. That was, uh, that was fantastic. Let's, that was uh, amazing. Let's, let's do a wrap up real quick. Let's let's do it. So that was absolutely awesome. Um, you know, like I was, I was telling him before, before he left, I, um, I had been a fan of Possum Dixon for a while, and it was—it was just—it was—it's just, it was, always nice to talk to uh, to interesting, talented people, and uh, to to see his journey. But I wanted to make sure that we take care of his, uh, you know, his social media, and
0: uh, he Absolutely. gets a good follow. Absolutely. Yeah, so you can find Rob Zabrecki on Instagram, just his name, Rob Zebrecki. That's R O B Z A B R E C K why all one word and uh, he's followed by tony hawk you said that's yeah, awesome followed by tony hawk i love that that's so cool so if you, you have an interest in keeping up with rob zabrecki and what he's and doing puddles um, pity party yeah puddles is really big <gasps> at the magic castle so uh puddles and uh paul rubens are very good friends along with rob and, and erica larson um who is one of the what we call princesses of the castle because her dad is one of the founders and her uncle is is also obviously a founder so um she's very involved and and rob is very involved uh uh with the the magic castle itself so um that does not shock me so also, it also even shock me if you saw puddles at the castle oh, well that would he be so awesome he,
1: he recently uh puddles performed with uh with uh, an acquaintance of mine, Dave Hill. Oh, I love Dave. Very fun. Yeah, he's he's funny. Um, but he's very, also very he's followed by our buddy Bill, Bill Cott.
0: and, and Bill Cot O, also a magician,
1: and Jane White Wideland, White. I can never pronounce her last name. Uh, from the Go Go's. Uh, I'm yes. just just amazing things. Um, he was so much fun to talk to. Um, as he's the best man our social media. uh, We are on Instagram at Backstage Pass. We are on Facebook at uh, Backstage Pass with Justin and Adam. We are on every streaming platform I could find, and I'm still finding more, which is ridiculous. So we can be found on uh, Amazon. We can be found on uh, Audible, we can be found on Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify. Um, we've got a new episode that's up now. This is coming out in a week. It'll be a week. But uh, Kieran, Kieran the Mighty, uh, that 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 video's up. Uh, we've got some amazing people that we've spoken to so far, Adam. I really love what we do.
0: Absolutely. I think that this is so wonderful, man. It's such a great outlet to be able to really chill out relax and get to know humans that we enjoy what they do and get to know them more intimately in a more intimate setting so this is this is really such a great outlet for that and if you want to follow us individually i am this is adam wiley on tiktok and instagram and Twitch, if you want to watch us play video yep. games. And Justin, where can we find you? I'm also on Facebook, but I don't really use it. So you know, <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not but sure who uses, uses Facebook you. anymore. Uh, I'm on Instagram at
1: this is Justin Claypool, and I am on TikTok at uh, J
0: Claypool Photography. Uh, you really uh, need to make all of these one name. Man.
1: You know, I I tried, but apparently I'm not the only one with this fantastic idea for names. My name is not Adam Wiley. Your last wow. name is not common.
0: I mean, that's fair enough. But I mean, we could find something. We can find something that we, maybe it's just not a this is. Maybe it's like a the Huma, true Huma, Justin, Huma, nuka, Justin nuka, <laughs> The fart fish, as it's called. But the fart fish. Hawaii. Yes. <laughs> I asked a guy. I was curious. I said, is it Hawaii or Hawaii? He said, it's Hawaii. I said, thank you. He said, you're welcome. Anyway, oh this has goodness. been amazing. Thank you, Justin, again for an incredible, incredible uh, um, episode of this podcast. If you want to also hear more about Rob Zabrecki, Google him. Look him up on, on the YouTube Good lord, many, I various incredible it, things about basic research. The yeah, Absolutely. Basic research. Uh if you if you
1: just exactly. google Rob Zabrecki, uh the, so the, the one the one the one uh performance I was talking about was uh the, the, he comes on he comes on i think he's got an envelope he does a whole bunch of stuff with cutting paper
0: and, and oh it, i know exactly what you're talking about and there's a story behind it that i'll have to yes. take off air
1: oh okay awesome um yeah. but it's absolutely fantastic so if you guys can just go look at it you, you just you'll fall in love with him as a performer
0: absolutely uh, you can't you it's impossible not to
1: and if you want to teleport back to the nineties, nineteen ninety two, with their self titled album, Possum Dixon um, albums one, two. He put out three albums, like he was saying. Uh, album number one, Fire. I loved it from the beginning. To end. I owned it. I remember having it, you know, in my possession. You know, and then eventually it evolved into my car. You know, so I was I was super stoked uh, to talk to him. Absolutely. But yes, enough time traveling. Uh I thank you everybody. If you want to show a little bit of love and support, you can go to anchor.fm with a uh, backstage pass. Uh, and you can just click the support button. for as yeah, little as, little as, like, as 99, 99
0: cents. cents for Absolutely. A month.
1: Yeah. Like 99 cents a month. You know, it it helps us a lot and uh
0: <laughs> it also helps us take care of our, our guests and make them feel nice and welcome by being able to give them these gifts and uh, yeah. possibly work on work on even, even more swag for these wonderful creatives that are donating their time.
1: Absolutely. Well, all
0: right. Well, uh, I, think, I think that's all I've got right now, yeah, Adam. Me too. But, but you can time. catch us on the socials and um, everywhere else. Everything so will be linked listening. down below. Thank you. Bye. Bye. See you all next time. Bye. (laughs) Romantic.